my name is Jason. This is Carly. And we are uh, going to do something this morning. We're going to pass out some booklets. Can we pass these out? We, uh, uh, there was kind of a printing emergency this week in town. So we were only able to print 130 of them. So if we could do one per household, can we do that? Unless you're, I mean, uh, so, or something like that. Can we just try that to start with? Um, I just want to make sure there's enough for everyone here um, this morning. And then we can, if there's extras... Yeah, yeah, you front row girls have to go give those to your parents because we don't have enough for that. Right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. But kind just of kidding. not really, so. Okay, All right, um, you guys, we're going to be using those this morning as they come around. Um, uh, you know, every once in a while, we like, to, um, we like to take a time on a Sunday morning to reflect on the, the vision and the mission of Christ Center. And we're going to do that this morning um, because we are a little weird. We acknowledge this. We are, we are a little weird uh, and we're kind of a mess sometimes. But we, we heard another pastor say this once about his, his church and we're like, we like this. Uh, we know who we are and we like it. That's what, so that's what we know who we are and, and we like it. So this, like I said, is Carly Davis. She is our, she's our administrative assistant. Assistant. She is our announcer of announcements. She is the DR of QR and the CEO of Vibes. That's Carly right. Davis, That's everybody. Right. <laughs> Carly uh, works with her, her big sister, Janelle, and uh, who we'll talk to later. And Carly, that means you do a lot of stuff with administration and scheduling and coordination in addition to being on stage Way more than I'm comfortable Constantly, with. Constantly, yeah, 100% more, of the way time. Way more than we're comfortable with. You, uh, so in, in many days, Carly is the, she's like the front door of, of Christ Center, and she uh, spearheaded this, making this booklet. And uh, it's very nice. Well done. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for your help. You did a little bit. I did a bit. Uh, we're going we're gonna to walk through some of the things in this booklet this morning. But before we do, don't, like, don't, don't go all the way through it just yet. I see some of you guys yeah, looking ahead. Spoiler alert. I see. Don't do it. Just I worked too on. hard on this you for you to just You can take these home. The you have all week to look at them, okay? Start on the back page. Carly, <laughs> um, we, we use a, 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 well, here, tell us about that back page in the app. Yeah, so on the back page, you're going to see Get the Scoop, and that is because we want you to download our app. It's the Church Center app. Back page. Back cover. Back cover. Okay. Semantics. All right. So we use Church Center. Um, it's a free app, and I know that we don't want to add a bunch of more apps to your phone and take up your storage, but this one is important. It's worth it. I promise. Um, if you don't have it, I would love to encourage you to get it. You can scan the QR code here on the back, either one, um, for app or Android. And the reason that I really want you to, in to download this app is because it's going to make your life so much easier. Everything that we do at Christ Center is in the app. Like One Church One Day is in there. You can sign up for One Church One Day in the app. You can check your kids into Kids Church in the app. You can find out what we're doing. There's so much happening in the app, and we want you to have access to it. It's also our digital directory, so when you sign in, you can... Um, give access to that, and then you can find who you're going to take to lunch on a Sunday. And you're going to help people afterwards and even reward them. Yes. Is that right? After the yeah. service for downloading the app? I have prizes. Prizes. I do. Well, yeah. Eventually. I have prize. 
Christ Center yeah. <laughs> coffee cards. I have cards. coffee cards. So if you have not downloaded the app yet and you do today, you can either do it right now and then let me know. I have a bunch of these bad boys for you. You can, I will be handing them out in the back. And if you need help, I'm happy to help you get signed in. Um, and then you can get coffee next week at the coffee shop. She's very invested because this will make her life way, way easier because yeah. this is how we do all our communications. Yeah. And so. if you, if we, you've already given us your email address, just use that um, email address to sign in because then we won't double you up in our directory. And uh, I call her the DR of QR. She's the doctor of QR codes. There's QR codes all the way through this uh, booklet. So keep an eye on that because there's always like more information here at the QR code. Okay. You good? Thank yeah. you, Carly. You're welcome. Let's have uh, Pastor Joshua Rivas come on up. Pastor Joshua Rivas. He's our senior pastor. We have a large pastoral staff here at Christ Center uh, for a church this size, and that's, that's by design because we do a lot of stuff in the community, as we'll talk about. Uh, but it's also because we really believe that church should never be about one person's personality or two people's personality. We're, we're a family, and we try to do church uh, as a family. That's absolutely true. Church is a family, um, and this is, this is one of our core beliefs, and it flows out of another one of our core beliefs, our first core belief, and that is that God is a good father. Oh, by the way, that's on page two, our core beliefs. <laughs> so we rally around that, that, that he is our father, and he's adopted us into his family. This is, this is the beginning of everything that we do. It's the beginning of our understanding of how reality works. God is a good father. And he's brought us into his family. So we're not going to go into um, a whole bunch of those core beliefs, but they are listed, as Jason has said. Um, uh, but there is a QR code, so you can go straight to those core beliefs. And there is also a teaching series where we walk through those. So I definitely encourage you to dig into that. That will help you to connect as a, as a member here at Christ Center. And we're so glad you're here. Um, something else that, that we value because we have been adopted into his family is acting like a family. We are a family. So this space, this gathering on Sundays, as you've kind of noticed, is our family living room. Um, it's celebratory. Um, it's relational. And sometimes there's sadness. We grieve together. We cry together. Um, but we share this life together. And I don't know if you noticed, it's also loud. We're a very loud family. Did anybody hear Notice, so if you don't like that, we have earplugs in the back because we don't want you to leave, but we want you to be comfortable. But um, that's, we also, we love to have the kids in here with us during worship because we're living and, and doing this together. So we want to make a lot of room for that, for that reality. So welcome to our living room. I'm glad you guys are here. Before we get into the, the practical aspects, um, we, we want to talk a little bit about our philosophy. And so if you flip that page and you get into that uh, page three, it says peacemakers uh, in the city. That's a major emphasis here at Christ Center. Why is that important? Jesus was the Prince of Peace. Um, and he has called us to that same, that same mission to bring not merely the absence of conflict, but to bring the biblical idea of peace, which is shalom, wholeness. In every way. That's what God is seeking to do. That's what we're seeking to do. And that's, that's a tangible mission right there in our community. We want to bring wholeness and restoration wherever we see it lacking in every sphere. And that begins in relationships. Jeremiah 29, 7 says, seek the welfare of the city and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare, you will find your welfare. And that begins with loving our community and wanting the best for our neighbors. 
We live in a place where not everybody agrees with one another about everything. Did you guys notice that? And uh, much of the world wants to take that really personally, as if people who are different or who have a different priority or strategies are therefore immediately enemies. And that can't be our posture here as a church. God has called us to love our neighbors. And even if they are literally our enemy, and they're not, uh, we still don't get off the hook. We're supposed to love our enemies and pray for them. We seek the places and, the, and where we can serve in our community together, and we want to live in peace in every way possible. Um, we want to do that without compromising our faith, but it is actually our faith that causes us to be peacemakers. Yeah, this is a, a big part of who we are and how we see our role um, in the city. Um, you know, you have all these dividing factions people separate into and, and going against one another, but uh, he's called us to be peacemakers outside these walls but also inside these walls, because sometimes there's not full agreement inside these walls. Not with us, of course. We're always, always, always on the same page. We are a hive mind, is really. I think it, Jason says it, Jason thinks it, I correct him. No, you know, the truth is that we do have room for disagreement in this house, and that's vitally important. In fact, in the last election, um, our pastoral staff voted three different ways. Um, so I wrote in Mike Kaiser because I didn't like the candidate. So Mike Kaiser, he didn't win. <laughs> but we did. We argued a lot behind the scenes um, as to which candidate or which political agenda was best for the country. And even which theological emphasis we wish it should be championing in the season that we were in. So there was some intense fellowship in the mix. Um, but it was helpful and it was cathartic to talk about such a divisive issue at a very heightened time of unrest in our nation. Do you guys remember that? I know each of you are like, oh, and we're gearing up again, right? But we didn't end up agreeing on who to vote for, um, but it caused each of us to dig deeper and embrace more prayer and humility and to refine our hearts in keeping Jesus as the center while living in a constitutional republic during a wild couple of years, a pandemic and an election cycle. But we made it through, and I think that's an example of what we're called to do. So how is it then that we walk together if we can't always be agreed on everything? You entrench yourself. No, sorry, that's not, that's not right. That's not it. I'm sorry. I got to stop Get with the jokes. Get into your echo chamber. Here we go. Only listen to people you agree with. That, agree kidding. with, agree with. Oh, I was. Okay, so anyway, this is, we have a concept that I preached on, which by the way, is there a QR code for that little baby? There is. It's actually on the bucket. This was one nice. of the things Carly was most proud of. There's a QR code yes. on the bucket. So there is a teaching that we did. I encourage you, if Christ enters your home, listen to that message. It's the three buckets sermon. Um, but we borrowed that concept from a gentleman named David Platt, and he pastors a very diverse church in Washington, D.C., with like 90 nations uh, represented. So they have a wide range of political, racial, and ethnic aspects to navigate. And they've learned to live together, having been adopted in one family by our good father, but They've got to do that. They're not going to rally simply around some of those things that are very important. So how do we do that? Well, we do it with this. Three buckets helps us navigate this. And here's the short version. We have first bucket issues. And these are things that we all unite around, okay? The big central theological issues that you find in the creeds. So like the Trinity, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the authority of Scripture. These are the core values that unite us as Christians. If you don't believe in these... Sorry, but you're not a Christian yet. <laughs> These are the core things that in order to follow Christ, they're non-negotiable. That's what goes in the first bucket. Those are the highest priority issues that unite us in Christ. Um, so 
we can work with people who aren't believers, but these are the things that make us believers. Are you with me? First bucket issues. The second bucket issues are secondary beliefs and ideas that we major on in individual churches. Okay, so you guys have noticed there's a lot of different expressions of different churches, different ways of serving the Lord, but these are second bucket issues. So here at Christ Center, for example, we have these 12 core beliefs that we just mentioned. Um, one of those core beliefs is that the Holy Spirit is, is active, and that's super important for us. Um, you don't have to agree. There are faithful Christians that are in many places that are cessationalists. They believe that the Holy Spirit was active and is working in different ways through the words, but but, here's, they don't, but they don't believe the Holy Spirit heals or he fills us the way that he did in the New Testament. We humbly disagree with that assessment. Um, but we also are going to continue to do that here at Christ Center, to engage in that way. So we have respect for people outside of the faith. We're not saying they're not saved, but we're going to continue to exercise in that way at Christ Center. Do you understand? So it's very and, and important. We, and we work alongside our dear friends with some churches in town that do come from that point of view even though we disagree. That's right. And then we have third bucket issues. Now, third bucket issues, um, they might be very important ideas with tons of consequence. So it's not that these are not important issues. We all have these, okay? Um, but they're not foundational for the following of Jesus like those first bucket issues. So it, it allows us to differentiate. Are you guys with me? But, but, that doesn't, but we're not saying they're not important. However, so, but you don't have to agree we don't have to agree about these third bucket issues in order to be a part of this church family. So these might be issues of biblical interpretation, such as views on the end times, the age of the earth, or methods of baptism. Do we sprinkle? Do we dunk? Like, these are not massive issues where we need to go, man, if, I mean, how many angels can stand on the head of a penny, right, or a pen? So these can also be political issues, uh, who we're voting for and which legislation will result in helping our neighbors the most in this time. So they're not unimportant, but here's the key. We've decided we won't divide over them. They go in the third bucket. We go, okay, we probably won't agree on this, but we don't have to divide because we hold in common our first bucket issues, which make us followers of Christ, and our second bucket issues, which is how we're going to do church together here. But the third bucket is hugely important. Let's talk about it. Let's encourage. Let's sharpen. But let's not divide over those third bucket issues. And, and let's not assume the other, like people that you're disagreeing with are wicked or have wicked motives either you know like if we're brothers and sisters in Christ we should at least be able to start there and I think that's uh that's that's really important as well yeah this this isn't something new by the way to have room for this disagreement the early church was even more diverse than we are we're sitting in this room the early church you had Greeks and barbarians and and Gentiles that were part of the church for the first time ever I mean it was all over the place but they were able to unite in Christ and be one. So we can certainly do that too. That's what we're aiming for. Amen? Yeah, I think this is like just super important to set the tone again for this year because we are in an election year and the world loses its mind in an election year. I don't want us to lose our minds. You know what I'm saying? Like I want us to remember at core, we are followers of Jesus Christ, so we ought to be acting like Jesus Christ at core. Are you with me on that? Yeah, so uh, as, as Augustine, or was it John Wesley, nobody knows who, who first said this, but uh, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. And I really love that quote, and I think it's important for us. Uh, so if you, uh, you know, once again, you want to hear more about that, we kind of did a joint sermon on that back in uh, July, I think, so scan that QR code if you want to hear more about that. But this also... <clears throat> 
uh, flows into part of our philosophy with working with churches in the Valley. We're a part of the One Hope Network, which is, uh, uh, we talk about this all the time, but if you're new here, it's a, it's a group of pastors, leaders, churches, and ministries that, that, that serve God together, that pray together, and, and share the gospel uh, together. So we've been on, Joshua's been on the board of uh, One Hope for years, and we're privileged to have Stephen Patty Buss and Kristen Wall, who all work with uh, One Hope uh, in our church family. This really is a huge part of who we are. We love to serve together with One Hope, with our local Junction City Network, the Junction City Ministerial Association. We pray together, we serve together, and we're looking to preach to the preach the gospel to others through impacting and, and inventive ways. And so this is huge. We want all of our neighbors all over Willamette Valley to see and hear and experience the kingdom. So we have great relationships with other pastors and leaders. We aren't competitors, if you guys noticed that. You know, we, we're not here to compete with other believers. We're all part of the same church of the city. And um, so every year, you guys will notice, we invite you to gather together with these other saints in prayer and worship. And we do joint ventures to show neighbors um, uh, the love of Christ, like Project Hope and different service projects and times to worship. So these are huge. This is why we serve together with ministries like Every Child. Uh, love for Lane County and local aid. We're looking for ways to serve with other people of faith in the community. So um, you'll get to hear lots about that, but that's what we're up to. Yeah, so uh, we have these like, you know, big corporate projects and we have like a corporate mission as we're talking about, but we also uh, have our individual missions and assignments from God uh, to be faithful to wherever that is uh, that, that God has placed us. In fact, we spend much, much more time in those arenas than we do here or than we do on these joint projects. Uh, and we think those things are essential. And there was a time when people viewed the, you know, the spiritual work or those who, who draw a paycheck from a church or are in the mission field. They do the important stuff. Everyone else just does the stuff. So, and that is not what we think here. I miss it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Killing Jason here. In Ephesians yes. 4, Paul described our role here as church leaders to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's what we're doing. We get to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. We don't see this thing that we're doing up here as being the ministry. The ministry is being the hands and feet of Jesus where each of us are. The ministry is Isaiah 61, bringing healing and restoration to everything that's broken around us. And it's extending the presence and peace of Jesus. You are all called to be powerful people who release heaven everywhere you go. So me and Jason and Janelle and Mark and Jeff and all the people on the list, we can't do that in the spheres where you are. You are where the ministry is, and you are the full-time ministers. So that's our goal is that everyone here is powerfully and effectively extending the presence and peace of the king. Yeah. So you do your, your you know, as you're fulfilling your assignment every day, we're all trying to fulfill those assignments that God's put us in. That, that is our ministry. That is your ministry. Um, and we'll spend more time on that specifically in March. We're going to do a sermon series talking about this. Um, but we want to go over to, um, uh, oh, man, do we have something out of order? I have something out of order. It was me. Um, but we mentioned uh, we, we have prayer times and opportunities for growth um, yeah, sorry, page eight. So flip over to page eight here uh, real quick. Um, why, is, uh, why is this important that we have times of prayer and opportunities for growth? 
this is the only way for us to be effective in full-time ministry. So if you're all in full-time ministry, you're not going to be effective unless you're able to work through your own stuff, your hurts, your traumas, the areas in you that are in need of healing. Each one of us has to be willing to walk this out with the Lord and others. If we're not seeking wholeness and continuing to embrace the ongoing process of healing and health, it's going to be very difficult to bring wholeness to our families, to our coworkers and our friends. So let alone our neighbors who don't even know Jesus or us yet. So your inner healing, your inner health, your wholeness, that's what your ministry flows out of. And so you cannot skip that and be effective in the ministry you've been called to. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, when I grew, up, I grew up in the Bible Belt, and we came to, you know, you come to church, and people are like, how are you? And, you know, you're supposed to go, I'm fine. How are you? You know, no matter what it is, you're always fine. And the fact is, a lot of times we're not fine, and I don't think we should pretend that we are, have to pretend that we are when we're here. We, you know, we want to, we, we strive to be able to be real and to invite people into those places and invite Jesus into those places so we can have healing. Yeah, it, we're not constantly broken. We're constantly getting healed and whole. We're constantly moving towards that. So, so we, we, want, we don't want you to be pretending here. We want each of us to be able to be honest and vulnerable. And that starts with us. Jason and I have shared very vulnerable from the pulpit, the pulpit, very vulnerably from the pulpit um, about our lives because we need each other and our weaknesses are nothing to be ashamed about. The reality is your strengths are, are stronger if you're willing to share your weaknesses. Because that makes you safe. Then I know how to cover you. Then you got people that are with you so that you don't implode or fall away. These are, this is how we do this together. So we have things like the Emotionally Healthy series, which you just saw. We, we run that once or twice a year. And we encourage everyone that's here to go through it. And especially if you want to lead something. So we, we, we want for everyone here to be whole and healed and emotionally healthy. Yeah, and you'll hear uh, more about these uh, as they come up. So you'll see the booklet also mentions the prayer servant team. Uh, it's available, you know, we're always available after service for prayer for anything. Uh, it mentions uh, Sozo Ministry, which is a wonderful prayer ministry headed up by Autumn Seaborn. Uh, and uh, also Restoration, which uh, Pastor Ed uh, Glasby, uh, he started that way back in uh, 1832, I think it was. Is that right? <laughs> So find out more from those QR. I love you, Ed. A lot of, uh, a lot from of woundedness coming codes. out of the Civil War, and Ed's like, we got to get some healing going here. <laughs> yeah, so you can click on those QR codes to find out more about all of that stuff. Well, I think you're done. We're going to go into some practical stuff. If you're good, we'll have you back up at the end. Pastor Janelle is on her way up. Says Pastor Janelle... Wallace, our executive pastor. Uh, Janelle has worked here. You were a teenager when you started working here. I was, two years ago. Two years ago. And she now leads a lot of different ministries here at Christ Center. So she's going to be up here with me uh, as we go into some details of how we grow together. Um, let's go over to page five um, on Meet the Elders. This was, Carly, this was my fault, not yours. Duh. <laughs> I was hoping it's, you would claim some responsibility if I said that, but it's so it's so cute that you think you have to say that. <laughs> so let's go to page five. What do we see there? Um, on page five is our elders. If you are an elder and you're here, would you stand up today? I know a ton of them aren't here today, um, but these men and women are beautiful, beautiful people. I have so much love and respect and for them. 
because we meet together twice a month to pray together to talk about our church family um, and how we can love and serve you guys. They're really mothers and fathers in this house. They're trustworthy, beautiful people that um, you need to take advantage. I encourage you to just seek them out, um, tap into some of their wisdom and wealth and the things that they carry. Thank you guys for who you are, elders. Yeah, as we desire to grow together, um, these are guys that really can walk alongside you in your journey. Um, there are many, many others here as well, obviously, but we definitely wanted to point them out. They're just really uh, faithful, uh, faithful uh, mothers and fathers in this house. And so that, you know, walking together idea, that really is a guiding philosophy for, uh, for us in the area of home groups. Yeah, we used to do home groups as a trimester um, where we would start a group, like focus on a class for a while and then break up and then you'd go to a different home group and then, um, you know, you'd bounce around. But we just really felt like for our continued growth and growth in community, we needed to um, pick a home group and like kind of walk for a season, a longer season together. So. Um, it's been a huge win, we think, for the most part, where people are, like, in with their ride-or-die people, meeting together, you know, twice a month, and it's been great. The downside of this is basically all of our home groups are full. So that's a problem, right? So um, not all of them are, but most, most of them. So we are, we've been consistently praying for more home group leaders, and if that's something that... Um, you are like, maybe I should do that, or maybe I should start to be thinking about that. We would love to have you come and talk to one of the pastoral staff, and we'll begin that conversation of what does that look like to be a home group leader, because um, we need some, and I know there's a lot of you out there that could do that. Yeah, what does that look like, and is it the right season for me, and all of those things. We, we would love to explore those. Um, when do these groups uh, meet? They all meet on Wednesdays. It varies a little bit. We have one for um, the older crowd that meets during the day, and so that's a huge win for them. Most of them meet on the first and third Wednesday night, and we, the pastoral staff does child care for the kids here. So we meet with the kids here, and then um, first and third Wednesday we do that. Um, and then there's a couple others that meet on the other Wednesdays, but... Um, it's just a great time to get to know and love people. Yeah, you can find a list of those groups by clicking on the QR code um, at the bottom there. We definitely want to draw your attention to Supper Club, because Supper Club, where's our Supper Club people? Oh, stay, yeah, okay, all right. So we got some super fun Supper Club folks here. It's an always open group that has uh, like a potluck every time they meet on those first and third Wednesdays. And it's just a great opportunity to get to know one another, to sort of catch the, catch the vibe, as Carly would say, of, of the because Carly, Carly thinks she's Gen Z. It's our favorite joke about Carly. Um, she, <laughs> sorry, am I? Or whatever. Anyway, you can sort of catch the vibe of Christ Center, and uh, you can keep meeting with them if you'd like, or you can join a, a different uh, a home group that might get into some different studies and things like that. They're fun people. Very they fun are. people. Speaking of. Speaking of fun people. Pastor Jeff Starr, the oldest teenager. Whoa. The oldest teenager in all of Oregon. Yes. I was a teenager when I met Jeff Starr. I was in high school. Two years school. ago. Right. <laughs> right. 
Let's remember that. that I was in I high school. He had a mullet. I had really big, like, late 80s, 90s hair. Um, I would still have it, but my wife won't let me, so. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff is the same man that I met in the 80s. He's just such a constant, faithful, um, I don't know, beautiful, beautiful little man. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I it's true. It's it objectively like, true. Oh. <laughs> I stopped growing when I was in sixth grade. <laughs> I thought I was going to be a pro football, a basketball player at one point. Jeff, you're, you, the, uh, the, the youth meet together on Wednesdays. What is your desire for the youth ministry? Oh, excellent question. Uh, probably my most favorite question of all. And I think uh, the answer to this is, is really twofold. Our heart desire for the youth is, uh, number one, that they just simply have that beautiful discovery and then walk in what uh, an intimate, loving relationship is with the Lord. And that we do that then through trying to create opportunities that would be experiences that can actually gather that firsthand revelation of the Lord himself through that intimate connection with him. And then each week, we try to create that opportunity through uh, things like student-led worship and intercession, uh, some of the fellowship that we do, and then diving deep into the scripture uh, together and having some discussion around that, them getting a chance to, to talk a little bit about what God's doing in their lives. So that's number one. And then number two, uh, the other thing is out of that love, we really desire uh, to see them have such an intimate connection with the Lord where they really capture his dreams and his heart for our community as well. And then through that, be able to reach out into the community uh, with the gifts that God has given to them. Speaking of reaching out, you guys have a real outreach focus. Tell us about that. Yes. Oh, that's such a deep value for us. Outreach is, is vital twofold. One, here in our community again, and then also abroad. And so uh, every Wednesday night, we try to integrate some kind of discussion uh, around um, our opportunities uh, to reach out to our community, uh, to identify those places that the Lord would have us be able to reach, whether it's school, a sports team, maybe it's work, whatever it is. So that's the first place that we do is, is looking at our community and how can we, what role do we play? Build a missional mindset. And then second of all, uh, we like to keep a, a global focus as well, abroad. And so we partnered with Youth with a Mission over the past many years uh, to join them, um, first of all, through something called SSTs, which is a, a missional training program that YWAM Tyler down in Texas has put together. And then also this year we're going to be um, going in and working alongside of our missionaries down in Juarez, uh, Texas as well, with the orphanage down there. It's in Mexico, actually, right across the border, Texas. Yes, I yes. That's <laughs> good. Uh, so if you are uh, new here to this congregation and you have teenagers, this is the guy to talk to. And keep in mind, there are summer outreaches that are awesome. So thank you, Pastor yeah, Jeff. You. Let's have Hannah Oaks come on up. Hannah Oaks is a third-generation Christ Center member and the mother of four, and she took over as our children's ministry uh, director just over a year ago. Is that two? That's a, and uh, is doing a, a, a great job. Hannah, can you tell us about what you, what you do? Yeah, so we are one year into a three-year journey through the Bible. So our kids today are talking about Solomon. Um, so that's been a fun journey. And we have the same... We're talking about the same story from our two-year-olds all the way up to our fifth graders, but our two-year-olds have just a, you know, one paragraph thing, and then our fifth graders get to read the story from the Bible and look up the reference and discuss it, and um, it's really cool to see 
you know, meeting our kids where they're at. And um, we, all the ages have a Christ connection every week where we take a little um, bite from the story and kind of look forward toward Jesus is coming with that. So even our Old Testament stories get a connection there. And you're not doing this by yourself because we have a lot of children. I don't know if anyone know this. We have a lot of children here. Uh, we have a great team of rotating volunteers. If you're one of those volunteers, can you stand up real quick? Yeah. Okay. Great team of rotating volunteers. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Thank you, guys. There's a lot more, too. A lot more. And a lot of them are in there right now yeah. as, as not we standing. speak. <laughs> um, Part of the uh, children's ministry is also our sensory room, the Open Heavens room, which is uh, for kids with developmental disabilities. Tell us about that. Yeah, so Emily Bagley, is she works in that area full-time, and she leads that classroom, and so she helps facilitate just a wonderful space for our kids to meet with God and be safe and, um, yeah, meet them where they're at in, in there. Yeah, and, and unlike the rest of the kids' classes, uh, that is open the entire service on Sunday morning. So keep that one in mind, too. Thank you, Hannah. You're doing a great job. Give her a hand. Pastor Mark Wall. Pastor Mark Wall. Mark is our community pastor, and he also leads men's ministries, and he's, uh, he's kind of everybody's big brother. Mark, Mark, tell us about the men's ministries. Well, we have a lot of weekly opportunities. Um, some of them, just um, Jeff, stand up. He didn't know it was coming. Um, journaling on Saturday mornings at Max Porter's. Where's John Miller? Maybe he's not in here. Oh, John, stand up. If you like to get up at 5.30 Thursday morning and pray and worship, you meet here with John. Um, we have, um, in addition to that, we have sexual wholeness groups, several of them that are meeting um, at different nights of the week. We monthly we have um, we've we've actually joined together with three or four other churches, and we're doing men's breakfasts every on the second Saturday of every month. And then um, annually we also come together and we have men's roundup, and we have a rafting trip every summer. And I just want to note that some of these men's groups, the guys have been meeting for over three and a half years, and they're continuing to walk alongside with one another. I love it. You often say this is less about sexual addiction and much more about discipleship. What does that even mean? Well, overall, our focus is stopping self-destructive behaviors and more about, it's, the focus is more about, let me say this over again. Rather than just focusing on stopping our self-destructive behaviors, we're focusing on walking as the men God designed us to be. So that means um, we that God's design is that we heal in community and that we need safe places where we can be open, we can be vulnerable. And these groups have been successful um, because of the connection and the support we continue to give one another. In fact, my desire is to create even more groups for men who simply want to have that encouragement and that respectful accountability that comes in multiple areas of their lives. So if you're interested in being part of something like that, please let me know. Um, our success has been through the core group of men being committed to change. I love that. The other thing that Mark uh, does is helps care for the building. So he's part-time with the men and part-time on the building. And this old girl is quirky and takes a lot of special skill and talent, and he has that. And we also on staff have Kyle Donovan, who is a rock star. 
um, quickly, when Kyle first came here, he was um, attended in the open heavens room. And one time he and I were working together and I said, Kyle, what do you want to do when you grow up? And he's like, I want to help care for this building. And I had forgotten that. And then a couple of years ago, we were able to hire Kyle and he is our custodian. So um, he works tireless hours and does a lot in this building that, um, well, when he doesn't see it, we notice, or when he doesn't do it. But he works really hard and we're super delighted and proud to have him on our staff team. Thank you, gentlemen. Well, Janelle, uh, one of the things you do is work uh, or lead up our ladies' ministries, our women's ministries. Tell us about that. Yeah, um, like most things, our women's ministry is also led by a team, so I get to serve with several other women, and our desire is to have groups for women in all walks of life. Um, so one of my favorite things that has transpired the last few years is Kingdom Women, which is several different groups for um, the more seasoned women that have maybe empty nesters or are just in a retired season of life. And they um, are led by Sharon and Marilyn Culpepper. Um, we also have a group for like the 20s and 30s, something that I lead. And we just come together and talk about everything. We jokingly call us the awkward sisters because we talk about those things that are awkward and maybe like, I don't know who to talk to about this. Um, but it's just a, a great safe place to, to discuss those kind of things and just grow deeper in our love for each other and for Jesus. Um, we also have a mom's group that's led by Kay Katie Felix, which has been a super um, vital lifeline for so many of you women that I know go. And they meet a couple of times a month as well and just support each other in the hardest job on the planet, which is to be a parent and just love and encourage and just stand together. And we, uh, we also have groups where uh, you deal with some of the issues that Mark's groups deal with, is that right? It is, yeah, we have, um, you know, the sexual issues are definitely a woman's problem as like it is for men. And we have groups that meet around that. The curriculum is called Unraveled. And then we have um, groups you know, if your spouse has been impacted by this, a group for women to just walk through the healing of that, the betrayal and what, what that looks like um, and, and just support each other and learn, heal on yourself and then you're, you can work on your marriage as well. And you have some repeating events as well overall for the women's ministry. Yes, yes, we do. We've got quarterly events. We have an annual ladies retreat. We have a half-day workshop that Autumn leads. And a couple other times a year, we gather together and just have fun, a pool party and dessert nights. And um, snacks are the biggest draw. And so there's always snacks. Um, but one main thing that I want to hit is all of our groups are a place where we want to just break off shame. And this house is to have no shame. We don't want is to be anyone dealing with. When you're walking through the hard stuff of life, it's there. It's to some degree, it's inevitable. But um, we want these places to be a safe place where shame does not have a foothold. Amen. Good stuff. Um, let's uh, let's turn to the last uh, couple of pages there in the booklet. Uh, we have opportunities to serve in-house. Uh, where's uh, Josh Davis? Other side. There he is. Josh Davis, come on up here. Um, I'm feeling nervous. Oh, yeah, you should. Oh, no, 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 no. No. Wow. 
<laughs> He's doing it. Josh Davis. We worship through music for about a half an hour every Sunday. You do a great job of heading it up. What is your philosophy for people coming on the team? I thought you were going to play through whatever you were going to say. Too. You could have. I was, I was teeing it up at that point. What do you got? No, no, no. Over here. Over here. Yeah. This is why she was nervous. Yeah. They are so glad they invited me up here. <laughs> Sorry, that was going to be way cooler. My fault. Um, what did you ask me? <laughs> Good morning, Christ Center. What, what is your philosophy for bringing people on the worship team? Ah, yes. So worship is, first of all, uh, we are all on the worship team. Just because some of us play instruments or right. sing in a microphone, every single person in the chair out here is part of the choir as well. So... I just want to encourage everybody to just plug into that concept. We are a team together. We are a family together who worships the Lord in this space. So that's the starting point. Um, if you happen to have some gift uh, in terms of musicality or singing or you just have a nice personality and you want to stand up here, uh, <laughs> there's a spot for you. There's a spot for you. Oh, <laughs> This is scripted, right? <laughs> it was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they wanted me to kind of wake things up, so that's why they saved me for last. This is not true. Um, okay, so we are, we're a, we're, as a band and as a, as a worship team, you know, we are called to express ourselves with excellence, and we sacrifice time and practice towards that goal. We are a group of volunteers, so... Um, while we are bringing our best, it's maybe not always the most polished and clean, but that's part of the family connection of it. I think the imperfection of that expression is part of what makes it valuable. Um, if we were already perfect, we wouldn't be standing here. So I think it's good, I think it's good to bring our humanity to the, uh, to the act of worship together. And Josh has a real focus on, on being servants for the congregation. Mm -hmm that the musicians and the singers are serving the congregation, not performing. Yeah, so the idea for me is like, we should all have our own individual worship life where we're you know, interacting with the Holy Spirit and filling, getting our cup filled and that kind of stuff. For those of us who are up here, our, our main purpose really is to serve the body and the, and the tribe the best we can. So we might be having the greatest time jamming out and playing a cool lead, but if like, if I'm standing up here in the middle of, of that kind of mess and I'm loving it, but I look out and you guys are like, this is too much, then I've failed. So we all are just trying to create that atmosphere where we can worship together. Yeah, right on. And you do have a rotating team real quick too. Yeah. Uh, not the same team that's on. Uh, just tell us real quick about that. Yeah, you may have noticed we do have kind of a different ingredients to the worship team every Sunday. Um, that's because nobody will commit. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Not, not true. I have committed. Uh, <laughs> no, that's, I'm just kidding. I told you this would happen. Um, look, we're, we're, creating, we're creating an expression that is artful. So it's, it's interesting and it's excellent to have different colors on your palette often. So it's nice to have a rotating cast of band, band members and musicians and singers. Um, part of the the function of that that is helpful is that it keeps us from burning out. It keeps it kind of fun and engaging for us. Um, we, we do s really protect ourselves from not being spread too thin as far as the commitment goes. So I was joking about the commitment thing. Um, 
the point is like being in, like it's our joy to serve. It's something we've committed to do with excellence. So why would we go so hard that we burn out? Why not do this with rhythm? Like everything has a balance and a rhythm to it, just like any song. So um, we just try to walk like that. Thank you, sir. Just in case, just in case. Josh Davis, everybody. <laughs> that is uh, an overall part of our philosophy in service here. Is that right, Janelle? Whoa. Yikes. Um, it is, to keep uh, things simple and sustainable. It's really important that we don't burn our volunteers out. Like that's like deep in my bones that if you can't say no when we ask you to do something, we're not gonna ask you because we, are, we don't want anyone to be like, oh, I have to go serve again. So um, we want it to be a joyful thing. It, you know, there's an old adage that like, you know, 20% of the people do 80% of the work, you know, at church. That's not the case here. Like, I feel like over half the church, I think, in some measure, volunteers yeah. in some way here, you guys are amazing with this. And because you're so good at it, then we don't have to have people burning out. Isn't that right. beautiful? So many hands make light work. We're always looking for kids' ministry volunteers, for ushers, greeters, uh, and uh, other stuff like worship team and sound and things like that. So please, if you're looking, if you're interested and want to serve, let us know. Right? Yes. You what? read my lines. So oh, I don't, did I? I don't know what to I, say. I apologize. I, You've taken a lot of my words today. I, I know. I like I'm sorry. To talk. I'm sorry. Uh, Pastor Joshua, can you come back and save us? Um, we also, oh, here, that's you. My name is Janelle. They both start with J's. Um, I also wanted to take a quick minute um, and have a couple more of our staff members stand up. Abby Cox, these are the ones that don't love to be up front. Abby Cox is our bookkeeper. She is. Another gem. Her husband called her a superhero this week, and the comments on Facebook were like, everyone's like, yeah, we know. So superhero extraordinaire. She's our bookkeeper and a deep, deep well of faith. So if you need um, some encouragement in that way, have, talk to Abby. And then Merlin Duane, Red Crab, stand up. He is our um, senior associate pastor. He came on staff in the 80s. And I assure 1780s. you, 1780s. <laughs> I assure you that Christ Center would not still be in existence <clears throat> if it wasn't for him. His faithfulness and his prayer and his um, just you know calling us on our stuff and just like when you, when Red walks in and got a minute and I'm like oh boy. I'm in trouble. Also, I've been saved longer than Red Crab. I like to throw that down. 1979, 1981, right? You got saved. So I've been saved longer than him. Um, I don't know why. I just love to say that. And it then, just never seems that way. Yeah. <laughs> I walked into that one, didn't I? And then the last staff member who we're not also going to make come up is Karen Rivas. She's in the back. Um, I'm sure you know a lot of what she does. She coordinates um, a lot of our volunteers that do projects outside of this house. So if she asks you to do stuff, say yes, because it's going to be fun. To close this morning, I want to have the elders come up and the, the staff who we just mentioned. We're just going to come line up here. We are going to, uh, uh, if you guys need prayer for anything at all after this, uh, please come up. But we do want to pray over you guys this morning.
All right, so I think the key thing that uh, I want to pray over each of us is in regard to the fact that you are truly called by God to extend his kingdom in the area where he has planted you. You are not a, uh, a secondary character. You have been primarily chosen by God to be exactly where you are, where you work, where you live, where you serve, where you go to school. He has placed you there. You are his answer for this area in this season, in this time, to bring Jesus in every practical, spiritual, relational, and emotional way. And we're committed to continuing to walk together in faith, to be equipped so that we can all be effective in that place and that we can run a good race. And we're committed that when you do get the wind knocked out of you or when the enemy starts attacking you or when there's issues that come up, that we're going to walk alongside and encourage you and pray for you and stay together in the faith so that each of us will be able to look the, the Father in the eye when he comes and hear him say, well done, good and faithful son or daughter. Receive your reward. Amen? So I want to pray. Uh, would you guys just stand up and if the elders and staff, just reach your hands out and we're just going to pray over you. And then after this, feel free if you'd like more ministry. We sure love to pray over you in your place of ministry. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bless you, saints of God, sons and daughters chosen by the Father to bring his kingdom in this place, in this time through you. I bless you that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit, that you would know the Father as he is and know yourself as he knows you. I bless you that you would be empowered, that you would be filled with the joy of the Lord, strengthened by his presence, that you would have strategies, that you would be supported, that God would bring in the right people to support you. I bless you that you would walk in humility and health and hope. In Jesus' name, amen.